so problematic. <laughs> hey guys, welcome to the rant. I think Chris got enough claps there. We always fight as to who claps. Um, this is Hugo. No, I'm kidding. This is uh, Johnson, Johnson Andrews. Hello, everyone. Uh, underwriter guru, now mortgage agent. Correct. Yeah, recently as of May. So okay. Been jumping into the spring and summer markets, and it's been quite interesting. A lot of volume going on in the market right now. So I wanted to bring you onto the rant for a specific purpose. Okay. You know, you've seen both sides of, of the coin. Yes. Right? Um, and funny enough, I know sometimes you ask questions to answers you already know, but I do know why you do it. Mm. And it's because now you're interacting with the client directly as yeah. opposed to, you know, being protected by the agent or anyone else. So how, how's that transition been? I mean, you've seen a lot of deals. What Like for those of you who don't know, Johnson used to underwrite pretty much all of our deals. He sees it all. Um, very, 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 very experienced. But now, you know, on the other side of the coin. So yeah, thoughts. Yeah, no, there's definitely a slight difference, obviously, just because of my interactions previously were primarily with all of our agents. So when they had questions the, in terms of explaining that to a client, there would be a buffer. Right. Right. And that, that would be up to them to try and make it explained in layman's terms. Obviously. So you were never the bad guy. No, I was never the bad guy. <laughs> so I think a lot of the times that I do come to Chris and I have a little bit follow up questions, it's uh, just to ensure that I'm not missing anything. Because when I go and become the bad guy saying this deal might not work or this isn't how it can be done, it's different because before when I was breaking that news, it was to the person that then had to give it the final interaction with the client. Now, when I have to tell them, it's a little bit different. Right. So, so I guess you've, you've become a little more empathetic yes. to, sorry, you're unemployed. You can't really get a... Uh... <laughs> we can't we can do the application at this time. Yeah, there's, yeah, okay. there's a deal today that I asked the same question, which I already knew the answer to. Whereas right. previously when I was talking, say, with one of our agents, I'd be able to confidently say, no, this doesn't work. And then now when I have to go tell someone that might be a client or an acquaintance, it's a little bit different because right. you're giving them the answer that they don't necessarily want to hear. So from an industry point of view, what is the difference? What is, what is I guess, what, what, what is easier? Is it dealing with, with the banks or dealing with client expectations? I would say it's easier to deal with the banks just because it's steadfast almost in terms of what it is that they're willing to accept. There's obviously exceptions here and there. Um, dealing with the client, it's oftentimes difficult to manage expectations just because of the fact is everyone thinks that they're the expert. So sometimes, but is it that, or is it there's just emotions involved? I, like I mean, if I'm a give and take, if I'm say. a client, then I don't know. I'm financing a stove, right? Yep. Because I don't want to pay cash for it, um, and I really want that stove. I don't know why I picked stove. Okay, maybe we can change it to a vehicle, whatever the case may be. But the whole question is, you know, I kind of want to be in control just because there's emotions attached to it. I just yep. want to make sure I get it, and not, not no, that's a that's a stove. But imagine a house. No, exactly. So it's like we've said multiple times, it's the yeah. biggest purchase in someone's life or some, a lot of the times it's one of the biggest debts that they'll ever take on. So they're obviously indebted into that and emotionally into this application and they want to ensure that they're getting the best advice possible. And obviously we want to make sure we are giving them the best advice possible, but there might be a, sometimes a, a disconnect in terms of what they're expecting and what we provide. Yeah. And we always want to make sure that we manage those expectations so that there isn't a surprise around the corner where, oh yes, we can do that. And then it turns around and it's not exactly what they're- Yeah, you always want to be ahead of the game. And honestly, financing has become a fine art and you have to be two or three steps ahead of the game. Right. Always. And, of course. And you know, uh, this is why at the very, very beginning of everything, uh, when you started working with us years back- Two years, um, uh, two years last week. Oh yeah? Yeah. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Awesome. Um, 
you know, you've always been a big believer of documents up front. Yeah, right? no, absolutely. Because there's times even, I remember we had an application that went through where we didn't ask for the deposit draft on something. Yeah. And then for those of you who don't know, if it goes to a lawyer, if the deposit draft or the deposit is held with a lawyer, it triggers a full appraisal. Well, yeah. we waited yeah, on it's, the it's, it's considered a private sale, right? Yeah. As opposed to a regular transaction. Yeah. So I have three questions for you. Um, and I'll just name the three of them. Anyone coming in as an underwriter wanting to become an agent, mm -hmm. what's your advice to them? Anyone being an agent wants to become an underwriter, what's your advice to them? Or anyone, you know, potentially as a, a banker or a financial advisor that wants to become a mortgage agent, what's your advice? My advice would be to try and get as your toes into the water and as much of the whole application process as possible. Because for me, what Chris, I took- you know, Chris just got mad at you. Yeah, right? Chris just got mad at me. It's my <laughs> second- you're not talking to the mic. It's my second- This, is why, this is why I'm very close to the mic because I'm afraid of Chris. <laughs> and I don't want Chris- um... <laughs> Yeah, so, so to go back to your question. So an underwriter becoming an agent, yeah. I think there is tons of tons of things that you can take from that. And in terms of for the last two years, I've been an underwriter. So the amount of volume that I've seen in types of applications it's I've seen is the fact allows me to have an expertise that maybe some people don't necessarily have. Right. So my knowledge base is a little bit wider than someone that's just jumped into wanting to be an agent. Because in five minutes of having a conversation with someone, I more often than not know where we're going to go with an application or how it's going to work. But, but it puts you in a very distinct... Um, I guess, position or perspective in the sense that you're no longer, you're not really selling mortgages. You're just providing advice. Right. Because you can actually do that. You have yeah. the knowledge to provide advice or right. even a second opinion. Right. Yeah. So it's almost like we have the ability to take a holistic approach towards the client's portfolio and help them in terms of what they're looking to accomplish. Yeah. So when we're kind of going back to, you know, a mortgage agent becoming an underwriter, an underwriter becoming an agent or a financial advisor looking to be a mortgage agent, I think what our true efforts should be is to try and provide somewhat of that service in all three of those areas yeah. in terms of what, uh, being an agent. Yeah. Because realistically, we have that ability to assist them in all different, on all three of those aspects because you need to have the knowledge in terms of underwriting. You need to be have the You ability. can't fake it. You no. can't fake it. You just and, physically can't. And then working with clients, that's where becoming the mortgage agent goes from being an underwriter to a mortgage agent, which is what I'm still personally trying to learn and become better at. And then obviously the financial advisor aspect of being and then becoming a mortgage agent, that gives you that ability to try and help someone in totality rather than just on this one purchase. You can assist them in terms of if they're looking to grow their portfolio and you can help them navigate those waters versus what lenders you can go to, how to leverage your yeah. existing equity and properties and how that then you can be of service to them in terms of accomplishing all of their financial goals rather than just this one, one transaction. Right. Okay, awesome. Uh, dude, you talk a lot, eh? try to a little bit <laughs> i was a little bit it's nervous because, it's because you're passionate it's yeah no i really i really am passionate about you know it's funny industry. um johnson before he he got on on the rant he's like what, what are we going to talk about and i'm like i'm gonna tell you we're just gonna you know talk he's like well what if i don't know the answer i'm like johnson really <laughs> you know the answer <laughs> um but it's i guess it's because there's a lot of information out there and sometimes it's okay to say we don't know right yeah. and, and i'm 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 guilty of that as well, if you want to call it guilty, because you can't know everything with the the constant changes in regulations and underwriting policies and investor policies yeah. and everything like that. But um, you do get better with the more you practice. So, no, exactly. So, That's yeah, congratulations on your two years. Congratulations on becoming an agent. And, um, yeah, man, let's uh, let's keep this going. Thanks, guys. Thank you.